Hey everyone, it's Devin Boss at the ETF Institute, and my guest today is Perth Toll. And Perth is the founder of Life and Liberty Indexes. Uh, currently, their Freedom 100 Emerging Market Index backs the Freedom 100 Emerging Markets ETF, ticker symbol FRDM. And Perth, I feel like your perspective is very timely, so thank you for taking the time to discuss today. Of course, thanks for having me. So given what's going on in the sphere of emerging markets, um, China and Taiwan, China and Hong Kong, the internal crackdowns that we've seen uh, with private companies over this past year, as well as the Russia-Ukraine situation, um, I wanted to have you on to highlight your version of, uh, of uh, emerging markets exposure. So first, can you give us a, a little glimpse into your personal story uh, of, of maybe your background and, and then um, maybe some background on how you came up with this idea for, of, of freedom waiting? Sure. Um, so a little bit on my background. I was born in China, uh, came to the U.S. around age nine. And then after college, I went back and lived in Hong Kong. And while I was in Hong Kong, I traveled throughout mainland China. And I saw there the difference that freedom made in my life, as well as in the markets in these places. So um, from that experience, I kind of th that's where the seed was planted that, hey, policies matter. Um, one policy that that really convicted me about freedom is the one child policy, which kind of defined and changed the culture of my generation. Um, and, I, and there's now 30 million missing women in China, and China has the worst demographics in the world, mostly due to this policy. So that's just one example of um, one of my heart issues as to why you know freedom matters uh, for the future of a country. And so that's where the seed was planted. And then when I came back to the U.S., I worked at Fidelity Investments as a financial advisor, and I was there for about 10 years. I had clients who felt the same way that I did. They were from either you know, Middle East or from Russia. I had a Russian client who said, I don't want to invest in Russia because it's like funding terrorism, right. which looking back seems prescient today. Um, so I uh, looked into emerging markets strategies, and there were no emerging markets funds out there that didn't have a very heavy autocracy concentration because of the market capitalization weighting. Market cap weighting leads to emerging markets funds all having like 30% to China alone, which that was 45% at their height in August of 2020, uh, August of 2020. And they're still, you know, adding A shares in the MSCI emerging markets. Index. Right. So that will actually approach 50% soon. And, um, and that's a lot of concentration in one country, but there's also other autocracies in there, like Russia was in there in the top 10, and Saudi Arabia is in the top 10. So, um, so we, I wanted to create something where people like myself and like my clients who didn't want that autocracy exposure to be able to take part in emerging markets, because emerging markets is a very exciting place and it has a lot of growth potential coming from a very low base, and it should be a part of most investors' portfolios. Um, but, you know, most investors typically don't want to, to be exposed to that you know, autocracy risk, that lack of transparency, um, the corruption and, and things, uh, inefficiencies that exist in a lot of these markets. And it's, just, it's the unfree markets that have uh, a higher, uh, like a heightened risk in those types of risks. So uh, that's why we created the freedom-weighted strategy. And, um, and we believe that is a, a way that we can allocate to emerging markets, participate in their growth without funding autocracies. So take us through the process of initially finding the data that you were going to use. So the data source, uh, the data sources and, and, and the creation of the quantitative metrics. Um, was it tough to find the data? Did you have to cleanse the data? Did you switch from maybe where you were at the beginning to where you ended up? 
Yeah, so in the beginning, um, there weren't any quantitative human freedom data sources, and we created our own. And um, it was a, a, a system of quantifying qualified human freedom metrics. And then when I, when I first started this company and I went to score the countries, um, one of our inputs for economic freedom was the, um, the Fraser Economic Freedom of the World data set. And I went to their website and saw that they had also a new thing called the Human Freedom Index and data set. And so I compared notes with my contact there and it turns out our two systems were almost identical. And so I just said, hey, can I use yours so that not only will I have third-party objectivity, but um, that saves me four months out of the year of scoring countries. And they agreed. So um, I now use the Cato and Fraser combined um, human freedom index and data set as the country, um, the, the main country weighting input. And, and you guys are completely independent of each other, correct? There's no, yes. you know, so putting your no thumb on the scale. Me. Yeah, I can't influence their scoring in any way, and they can't influence our weighting in any way. So right. we do act completely independently. So as of your last rebalancing in January, um, w- what are the top uh, holdings by country in, in the index currently? And was there any movement um, uh, with, with this past rebalancing? Yeah, so the top holdings are uh, Chile, Taiwan, South Korea, and Poland. So all of these countries um, are of the freest in the emerging markets country set, but they're not perfect by any means. Now, all of them are very strongly standing up to, um, to Russia in the Ukraine um, invasion situation. So I'm proud of that. Um, and we had no Russia, uh, so I'm proud of that as well. Also, we have no China or Saudi Arabia. Um, no, there, but no country is 100% free. There's no 100% free or 100% oppressive market. Uh, it's all relative. So each of these countries do have their own issues, uh, but they are the, the freest overall in the emerging markets country set. Now, this last rebalance, um, we added Thailand. So we typically have 10 countries in the index, but it's not limited to that. So this year we have 11 and Thailand was added as a, as a very small percentage, around 2% at the time of rebalance. Um, and that's just because its, its score inched it up to above the, the average in, in the uh, emerging markets eligible universe that we use. So is there 110 holdings now, or, or did you reduce the number of, of holdings per country? No, it, it's 110 holdings. So we always use 10 holdings per country, the 10 largest, most liquid holdings, excluding state-owned enterprises. Right. So... Just take a second, and, and maybe we can end, end, end with this, but um, give me your personal thoughts on emerging market countries. Since you've been doing this, and, and I believe the, the um, index and fund launched in 2019, uh, am, am I correct in that? Yes. So have you seen any positive trends or negative trends um, you know, with, with any countries, whether it's Brazil or, or, or you, know, you just mentioned Thailand? Um, what is your perspective on just the, uh, the emerging market um, uh, changes that we've seen over the last several years. Yeah, so um, as far as changes, I mostly focus on those borderline countries that are sometimes included and sometimes excluded or just on the verge of inclusion. So one of those countries is India, and it's just it's always like borderline. And you know, the first two years of the fund, we had it in there. The second two years, it got dropped because of um, the repression of the Kashmir peoples. They blacked out the internet in places that had protests, and they had more repression of the media than previously. Um, so it just depends on a lot of these, these variables. We use 79, we look at 79 variables um, of both personal and economic freedoms. So those can, you know, 
can change, but uh, what we found is that changes towards more freedom are more gradual, and changes to the downside are, are often very sudden. So we do have a rule in the rule book that's a freedom decline momentum rule. It's kind of like a stop loss. So if a country declines too quickly on one of our scales, then it is kicked out of the index even if it was in there previously. So the only country that's ever triggered this was Turkey in 2018. So that's pre, that's before the fund, that's when it was just the index. So the index has been live since 2017 and the fund has been live since 2019. So Turkey triggered that rule in 2018 based on their 2017 scores and have ne has never made it back in since. So that's what we found is that when freedom increases, it does um, so very gradually and the decreases are, it can be very sudden. So we, we don't want to be um, in a place that's experiencing sudden declines in freedom, even though they previously were more free. So and I may be misremembering mis uh, this, but maybe a couple of years back, maybe two or three years, uh, maybe at the start of your fund, has Poland decreased in, in, in the freedom waiting since it started in, until now? That is very impressive memory. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very impressed with that. Yes. So in 2017, Poland was the highest uh, the weighted country in the index, the highest holding. And, you know, what happened was they had elected a, a very far right-wing kind of government that ended up getting constitutional majority. And this was warned. I was warned about this by the Polish delegate in the Freedom Network that gives us the data. So he, what he said was, uh, look, you know, we're, we're electing a, a kind of a crazy government and they're going to have constitutional majority, uh, but that won't affect the markets for a couple of years. And it happened just as he said. So I believe that government came in um, around 2016. 2017, Poland was still the top performing emerging market. And they, were, they happened to be the top country in our index that year. So that worked out well. And then 2018, based on their 2017 scores, Poland dropped to number four from number one. And they've never been the top performer since. But um, I'm proud of the way that they're standing up against Russia and uh, helping the Ukrainians um, at, this, at this very um, crucial time. Um, I think it's because they have experience of being um, right. like Soviet bloc country um, and having that Russia threat. So they have experience in, in that and, uh, and they're you know, standing up for freedom, just like Taiwan stands up for freedom in their region. Um, and we've seen with this recent in, in invasion that the risk lies with the autocracy. So you know, for listeners who may be concerned about Taiwan risk, first of all, that is a good concern. And if something happens there, then there is no investment that's going to be safe. Um, but the risk lies with the autocracy. So the bigger risk is China, not Taiwan. And I would be much more concerned about having an index or a fund that has 30% in China um, than us having 19% in Taiwan. Because even the 30% China funds have 16% in Taiwan. So you have that either way. Um, but that China risk is, is very real and it's gonna be probably one of the biggest things to impact growth uh, or returns <clears throat> to the downside. Uh, going forward in the emerging markets. So Perth, awesome perspective. Uh, thank you for your time again. If anybody wants to learn more about the index or the ETF, where should they go to find the information? Um, the ETF is at freedometfs.com. The index is lifeandlibertyindexes.com. Um, and that's, that's the best place or wherever you, you get your uh, 
investment information. Nice. Hey, thank you again for your time. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me.